Hey, Linda. Hey, what? Why did the doctor get mad? I don't know why. You ran out of patience. <laughs> <laughs> Family Gaming Podcast. My name is Stephen Dutzman. I am your host, and as always, I am joined by Amanda Farrow, the Princess of Power. How are you? I am so much better now that we're podcasting again. I know we took a we took a little bit of a hiatus, but we are back for episode two hundred and five. By the way, um, this is our first episode of twenty twenty. This will be uh, hopefully Amanda's first full year on the crew because she joined us midway through last year because it took me a while to build up the courage to ask her to come podcast with me. So now she's stuck. Um, so, um, we took a holiday break. So, um, it was, it was nice. We, we didn't create content. We played games, believe it or not. Like we actually played video games. How weird was that? I played, I played a lot of video games, but most of them were not kid friendly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, hard same. Um, I, the bulk of my time was spent in the lands of Skyrim. Um, I made, uh, I decided to be not a good guy for once. And I made a, a, uh, a, a cat person assassin in what the Skyrims. And, um, he is also, he's quite the scoundrel. Um, because if it is not nailed down, it belongs to him. Um, also, he's a necromancer. I mean, what are you gonna do? Uh, it turns out, nothing. turns out that casting spells to animate the opponents that you just defeated um, and making them fight for you are awesome. <laughs> um, spoiler alert, I guess. So, um, but we did play some. We threaded some of that business with some family-friendly stuff. So we'll go around the horn in a moment. But Amanda, would you believe? that I'm starting 2020 with a pretty significant announcement for EFG. I can absolutely believe it. Well, you can believe it because you know. It's true, I do. Um, you know, because I told Spoiler you so. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I tell Amanda what the company is doing because she's sure. part of it. It's crazy. Fact. Um, And uh, she's the business expert. She knows that that's like, kind of important um, to communicate with your coworkers. So... Um, Amanda and everyone else listening. Um, so here's what's really cool. Um, and s- some of you may already notice this. Um, all of the Engage Family Gaming podcast content is all on one feed now. We made the decision over the winter break, rather than sending all of our content out far and wide and having people subscribe to like six things, the suggestion was to just put it all in one place and essentially be a podcast network all on one feed. That's um, amazing. I'm I will excited. admit, I resisted it. Because I was like, oh, man. Well, no, here's why I resisted it. Because it wasn't my idea. Straight up, um, I resisted it because I was being stubborn. But I realized that it was a good idea because realistically, in your podcatchers and your iTunes subscriptions, you only want one. You only really need one EFG thing. You don't need eight of them. So here's what that means. Right now, this podcast, the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast, which goes live every week and alternates topics between 
video games and board games will maintain on that same feed. But you also may have noticed that two episodes of the EFG Daily Commute came out this week. That will continue. And so what this means is two things. We'll have other shows that will be somewhat intermittent and might not necessarily be on a hard and fast schedule. The good news is you're here. And if you subscribe to this feed or go to engagefamilygaming.com slash podcast and subscribe there, you'll get what we make. We have all sorts of cool plans for podcasts and Anchor, which is our podcasting app, allows for some pretty awesome impromptu podcasting because you can podcast from your phone, which is how I do the EFG Daily Commute. So Amanda and I have big plans. Well, at least I have big plans. Amanda can probably intuit some of those big plans. Uh, But we're going to be talking about collectible card games and Dungeons and Dragons and all sorts of other stuff in it will be able to make it work and it's very very exciting for us so thank you very much and now you don't have to have 15 different feeds you can just subscribe to the engaged family gaming podcast so that's heckin cool yeah it is it is heckin cool so let's go around the horn yeah let's now do that it now i gave up all that stuff um okay amanda you did go on a murder spree playing a lot of grown-up games. However, did. you did play a whole bunch of Final Fantasy XIV online. Is it called A Realm Reborn anymore, or now it's called Shadowbringers, right? Is no, that... no. Like, it is, it's like the base game is A Realm Reborn, and then it's Heaven's Word, and then Storm something. Yeah. Stormblood. Mike Mike is currently playing Final Fantasy fourteen right next to me. So I need lavender. <laughs> <laughs> um so Final Fantasy fourteen is yeah, so it's got three different expansions in a in addition to the base game. You can actually just pick up one of the expansions. The latest one is Shadowbringers. You can pick up that expansion and just play all the expansions because it comes with all of them. You buy the base game, you buy Shadowbringers and away you go. So, this is not my first foray into Eorzea, though. This is my second. This is my second. You spent more than a handful of hours playing it before and then dropped off, and now you are back playing with the adventuring party that you bring with you everywhere you go. It's true. Um, why did you drop off? Um, well, it was 2014. When I played it, and I played it all the way up until 2015, and my business, because at the time I was running my my web studio, so my business got really busy, and the kids were getting a little bit older, so it was, you know, I was spending more time working on, yeah, it was more of a, it was a time commitment, and at that point we're starting to get into dungeons more often, and, you know, it was becoming more demanding. So I'm playing it again now, uh, because Mike has never met an MMO that he's liked, ever. And I have got him to play some pretty, some pretty heckin' cool um, MMOs, including Star Wars: The Old Republic. Which Star Wars: The Old Republic is amazing, as I, far as MMOs go. I haven't ever played it. Um, it's very good. I'm sure. Also, is Star Wars. Um, I should try it so. at some point because my understanding is that it's hey, a great single-player experience. Anytime, anytime you're ready and you need a Sherpa, I'm here for you. So, um, I have yeah. a lot of fun in that well, game. Well, I, ha- I have a PC now, so I can actually play it. Because one of my bigger barriers is that I, wa- I was limited to the Macintosh. 
Um, mm-hmm. And many MMOs do not play on that. However, I have a PC now. Maybe I can play it. Maybe I'll stream it. Maybe I'll do... Who knows? We'll do all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, okay, so you're playing Final Fantasy fourteen. I have played online. a lot of Final Fantasy fourteen. Yes, okay. I, I started playing as an archer. So I have a new a new character. She's like some kind of lizard. She's super pretty and cute. Her name's Neferine. And uh, we've been doing lots and lots of crafting. So I'm a cook. I'm a chef. So and I'm an alchemist. Lizard chef. All right. So you make stuff. I make stuff. I'm I'm the maker. I also fish. I do that one. But sure. like the men folk do all the gathering stuff, and they're just like, here's all the mats. Make us things now. <laughs> sure. So yeah, we've had we've been having a lot of fun with it. We really, really got into it over uh, over Christmas, and we've been continuing it. And it's nice because I can just jump into it and jump back out. And yeah, it's it's a very satisfying experience. And Mike is actually enjoying it. Like this man is playing an MMO right now. This man Which doesn't is... play MMOs. Yeah. This man does. But the other one does not. But the other one does not. Yeah. That one does. That one's played all kinds of MMOs with me over the years. But we've also been together for like 15 of those yeah. years. So. Random. It's. Uh, so I, I started Final Fantasy 14. When did you dur- start it? During Extra Life, like a month and a half ago. Oh. I <laughs> that. Huh? I forgot about that. And so I have a wizard. Like one of the little ones, one of the a little church? Yeah, I, I, whatever turns into a healer. An arcanist. I, I think so. Or um, but I'm one of the little people. What are they called? You're a lalafell. Yeah, of course I am. I made a little lalafell, and I was gonna be a little lalafell white mage eventually. Is what I wanted to do. I I was a lalafell originally. I was a lalafell gladiator. That sounds about right. That sounds about right. Um, and um, my lalafell whatever he is, is uh, sitting somewhere at, right in front of a quest giver. Because so I was like, this is cool, but I can't do this right now. I'm going to do these quests later. And I never went back. But I will um, I will endeavor to give it a try because it does sound so cool. But now that, I'm, now that I know that you guys are playing, I might have to recreate my yeah. character on a shard or whatever they call them that you guys are and have We're access to. Ultros. We're on Prime and Ultros. That's where we live. I'll have to look. Uh, that way you can I think if you're on Primal, it doesn't matter which shard you're on, just as long as you're on Ultros as your server. Yeah, I'll I have think. to figure it out. I don't know how this works. I'll Google it, though. Um, and worst case, I recreate my character. So that's Final Fantasy XIV online. Here's what's so crazy about this game, right? And you, th- this game was has been around for a long time. It has. It's been and around since... 2012 or something like that. And 2012 was the initial version of the game that was yeah. bad, was quote unquote. And let me double check when it came out. They just I'm... remade it. They just said, they "Fine, did. whatever, we'll fix it." And they did, which is crazy, right? I Normally... was wrong. When did I was it come wrong. out? It came out in August 2013. Okay, we're only so, off by a year. That's not that big. I was off by a year. So it came out. It was bad. Like, objectively bad. Oh. Wait. Wait. Alright, so, it originally came out in 2010. Okay. A Realm Reborn came out in 2013. Okay, so the 2010 version, 
not good. Very bad game. Objectively terrible. But they took feedback. They did. Because this one thing that's really great about MMO players is they are very good at providing feedback. Mm Mm-hmm. They know what they want, they know what's broken, and they're able to fix it. And with MMO players, you have so many people that are just so used to engaging with content in a very specific way that they immediately can go into number-crunching mode, right? Like, I remember meeting World of Warcraft players who played the same class as me, and without even missing a beat, we would just crash into each other and start comparing stats and numbers, and we would speak the same language. And that's just kind of an MMO thing. It totally is. And so the the fact that they had this ready audience of people who were like, look, we want to play your game, but you need to fix it. And they did. And not only did they fix it, but they made the fix part of the lore. Yeah. Which is such a good idea. You wouldn't expect yeah. Square Enix to have that good of an idea. No disrespect. But, like, come on, guys. They didn't even finish Final Fantasy XV before they put it out. Like, that would have been a good idea, but they didn't. But, like, you know, oh, I know. Oh, I know. It still would have been a good idea to finish it. Um, it You're w- wrong. It might have been a good idea to hire a project manager five years before. Mm-hmm. Um, but, hey, that's just me throwing shade. I still love those boys. Um, so, Final Fantasy XV. So, Final Fantasy fourteen Online, it is astonishingly beautiful for an MMO. Yes. I think even not for an MMO, it's got some, it's it's pretty good. It's an extremely pretty game. It really is. Even, like, you can get better shaders, so you can, like, download a graphics-enhancing shader that you can install over top of the game to make it even prettier. But it does kind of mess with uh, performance settings. Yeah, sure. So As is normal. Yeah, as is normal. It is also one of only a handful of MMOs that actually has a subscription fee still. Um, Which is surprising, just because it's 2020 and you would think that only Blizzard would be hanging on to that. However, it's incredibly popular regardless. So, um, if you are someone interested in MMOs that is not interested in playing World of Warcraft for any number of reasons, uh, this is a perfectly reasonable one. Yes. And the community... From what I have experienced, the community is very friendly. Um, You know, it's not nearly as toxic as some of the other online games that are out there. And you can make a cute little, like, Lollafell person or a giant cat person or various other things. You make a a bunny girl. You can make a bunny girl. Um, There's lots of options. And then you can, or a bunny guy for that matter. Can you make a bunny guy? You cannot make a bunny guy. Oh, that's right. They're female only. You cannot make... You cannot make, a, uh, like, a big... Mike, is it a big lion that are only men? Yeah, it was like, you can't make big lion ladies. You can only you make them make... men. And you can't make adorable bunny dudes. You can only make adorable bunny girls. Because um, this game is set in the world of Final Fantasy Eleven, right? Yes. Which is super weird, but, but It's whatever. also extremely square like it's a very squeenix thing to do especially with final fantasy yeah this game is weird but it's extremely weird it's cool one of the things that i like about it is that you can be all the classes you don't really have to make a choice nope you have jobs that you can that you can opt in for which is awesome and 
one of the things that Mike has really enjoyed about it and something that he has struggled with in the past um, has been, hey, look, I want to try like a bunch of different classes and see which one works for me. And then he's not able to because he's got to go start a new character and it's just this big hullabaloo. Uh-huh. Not like that in Final Fantasy fourteen. You can just go pick up a new job and be like, okay, I'm going to do this now. Yeah. It's great. Pretty much. Yeah. It's you get extra experience when you're leveling up these additional jobs, including crafting classes. And crafting in this game is its own thing. Like it's legitimately its own thing. Sounds great. I'm gonna have to. I will have to try it. I'll have to try it. I promise. But I probably have to re-roll my character uh, on your shard. So that is Final Fantasy XIV: A Realm Reborn. Yes. Uh, the word on the street is that the most recent expansion was. Would have been in the running for game of the year if it wasn't. Oh uh, yeah, real if it, banger. If it wasn't for the fact that it was stuck as an expansion to an MMO that not everybody can play, that's saying something. Expansions for MMOs are usually very like navel gazy. Like, hey, check out this is the thing we are doing. Right, the World yeah, of Warcraft. Exactly. The next World of Warcraft expansion is very much targeted at World of Warcraft fans, whereas this yeah. is intentionally just a good final fantasy game exactly so um i cannot wait to hear more about your further adventures in this bananas final fantasy game to sharing it because i think that this is going to be an ongoing thing for us so i'll share my learnings along the way sounds so y'all can get in on that goodness sounds great um speaking of games that have been around forever can i talk about more shovel knight stuff yeah, you can. Okay, so um, those people that have been listening to the feed or paying attention to EFG socials know that we did just release our EFG Top 10 Games of the Decade, uh, and number five was Shovel Knight. I love Shovel Knight. I think it's a huge deal. It's a super influential indie game and arguably one of the best values in games, especially if you like retro-styled stuff. Did you Do you know what year the Shovel Knight Kickstarter launched? You know, not off the top of my head, but Tw- let me go take a look. Well, I can just tell you. It's 2013. Oh, tell me. The 20- same year as A Realm Reborn? Yeah, I guess. Um, weird. <laughs> 2013 was when that Kickstarter happened. Then, And two years later, out came Shovel Knight. And they just finished delivering Kickstarter rewards a month ago because one of the Kickstarter stretch goals was more campaigns based on the different nights in the game so they promised plague knight which they delivered a couple of years ago then they did specter knight and now they did king knight and shovel knight showdown which oh. is essentially super smash brothers but instead of nintendo characters it's just super it's just shovel knight characters uh with some different and interesting mini games yeah, the minigames are actually cool. One of them is you have to bounce around the field, and you're really not even trying to attack your opponents. You have to, to a degree, but you're just trying to collect treasure. And the person who gets to however many gems you set the target wins. And if, you're, if your opponents are getting close, you can beat them up. And if they die or whatever, their treasure flies up into the air. So it... It, there's a little bit of combat, but you could just totally avoid people, which my son Jacob does and is really obnoxious about it, um, and win. I can respect that. So, King Knight is the most recent one, 
And I spent a bunch of time playing that. I think I'm almost done, although it's hard to tell with these games because they do a lot of oops, wrong villain. King Knight is really good. Uh, it is very stupid. <laughs> so, it is very stupid. So, Shovel Knight itself is all about absurdity, right? You play a knight who fights with a shovel by bouncing on it. Like, this is just... It's it's incredibly dumb. Have you ever played any of the Shovel Knight games? Shovel Knight, unfortunately, was a boat that I missed. I don't know that it's your wheelhouse. I mean, you like wacky crap. It doesn't crap. sound like it. Yeah, I do not. love wacky You do stuff. like wacky I crap. Can't... That's why we're friends, because I yeah. count as wacky crap. However, Shovel Knight is like a next level absurd. But it's so good, though. So... Shovel Knight is absurd and stupid. Plague Knight was the same game as the first one. You just played through a different character that had a completely different movement system. You threw bombs okay. at your feet, and they helped you jump farther. Okay. Spectre Knight, completely different game. I believe it's a prequel. And again, a completely different system of locomotion. And a lot of it has to do with like dashing and... Um, it kind of like the, it felt like the messenger to me a little bit, where it was. I respect you know, that. So, and then King Knight, also a prequel, and in this case, there's kind of two games going on all at once. One of them is platforming, where you're going through the levels. King Knight does this thing where he does a, his form of movement is a shoulder rush, and when he hits his target or a wall, he bounces up into the air and spins and does like this cool pirouette with his cape. Okay. And, he goes on point like a ballet dancer, and if you get your pointed toes to bounce on an enemy, you bounce off of them. So you That's pirouette into the air with your cape spinning around you, which is super cool. And whereas before, you couldn't, you had to get to the top of the platform in order to jump on it, right? Now you can jump and shoulder crash just below the top, and it'll bounce up. So, um,. It really does change the way you attack platforming puzzles and platforming okay. challenges because it's a lot of I jump and I bounce off and, and I shoulder crash into a platform and then I jump up and I spin off an enemy and then I do another shoulder crash. Um, super cool. I love it. The That's other kind of it, it's it just like the, a lot of these platforming games, these challenges do get nuts. It's kind of like Guacamelee. That game got absolutely. I do Guacamelee. Guacamelee is ridiculous. The um, second one is so much fun. Second one is amazing. Um, I specifically like it because I can play a shirtless arachnid man and uh, Portillo. <laughs> yep. That was my cheat code. I immediately uh, activated that and played through a shirtless arachnid man. So, you know how at the end of Guacamelee, everything just gets completely bananas? And they're like, hey, check out all these different things we taught you to do slowly over time. Now we're going to make you do all of them in order, out of order, scrambled, upside down, and blindfolded. Shovel Knight and okay. all of these games do that to a T. The other game, which unfortunately for me kind of ruins King Knight to a degree, um, is they basically have their own version of Triple Triad. Really? Which is a you know, which is Amanda was immediately like, "What? Why would they do that to themselves?" Um, because she knows you played it. Oh, um, I do. Triple Triad is a card game. Triple Triad was in Final Fantasy VIII, right? It is, and it's also yeah. in Final Fantasy XIV. Of course, it is. 
So, and it sh- I don't have any idea why it's not its own mobile game right now. Um, so seriously, come Call on, us. Square, come on, Square, Where? make some money. That's f- that one's for free. That one's for free. The next one you got to pay me. But putting Triple Triad on mobile, do it. Definitely free money. Do it, you cowards. Do it, you cowards. So the idea is you have cards that you either buy or find in the game. There's actually a guy who sells you packs of cards and it's a pack of one but whatever it's a blind blind box um you're not spending real world money you're spending your gold that you earn on your adventures but okay. the idea is you build this deck of a certain number of cards and you challenge opponents throughout the world and you uh, you have to place your cards down on this uh, three by three grid and the idea is that you're trying to push your opponents off the board and control positions because you want to have your card taking up a space that has a gem on it. Okay. And there are three gems. You want to control two out of three. And the idea is there are certain cards that kind of defend themselves so they can't be pushed against from a different direction. And so they'll have like arrows that say you can't push against this arrow. You have to put the card down. It gets pretty complex. I found... complex. um, Yes. I am sure you would be fine. I, however, am stupid at that game, and it gets really frustrating because if you lose, they steal one of your cards. Oh, no! And the AI is really good about making sure they steal your good card. Now, you can spend treasure to get back cards that you have lost. So you can go and you can buy it, and it's not like you have to pay full price for it. It's a, a nominal fee. So that felt a little bit better. Like When they stole the one really cool card that I had found... I was bummed until I found out you could buy it back. It's just, I just want to play a platformer. Now, I know at this point, Yacht Club Games have been making these games since 2013, probably before that. I so I'm sure they did some that. development before the Kickstarter. So sure. they needed a break, right? Like, they wanted to do something different, I am certain. That's why Shovel Knight Showdown is there. But I just wish they did something different. Um, I don't know. I wish they... I, I don't know. It it, it, it kind of brings down the experience. With that said, I still argue the Shovel Knight Treasure Trove, which right now is $25 on various platforms, includes all of these games. King Knight being the worst Shovel Knight is... It's kind of like pizza. Like, the worst pizza is still pizza. You know? Dude, I, after moving to New Jersey, I can no longer say that. Well, guess what? Um, I've had pizza in like the little stand in New York. I know what pizza is. Those are is. always good. I agree. Those are always good. I agree. Because they are New York pizza. Yeah, okay. So, I will say this much. <laughs> even okay pizza is still great pizza. There is such thing as bad pizza. I'm not even going to get into it because Connecticut people get mad at me when I express my spe- very specific pizza that I don't like. Um, the general is not here. She's going to pick up the boys from Boy Scouts, but even she gets mad at me when I say the pizza that I don't like. Um, oh, so we don't want to do that. Uh, no, this, upsetting the general. Uh, we don't want to do that. So anyway, um, the worst Shovel Knight is still pretty good game. So yeah, it's King Knight and Shovel Knight Showdown is fun. It's a it's kind of a throw. I wouldn't pay money for it separately, but if you own the treasure trove, it's free. So do it. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. I'm pretty excited about it. All right, dude. 
All right, so um, let's take. So now that we've gone around the horn, let's take a break because we have a big topic ahead of us. Awesome, let's do it. Because we're gonna talk about the games of the year for 2019. Yeah. Dun dun dun. We need okay. a soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> Hi everyone, this is Steven Dutzman. I'm the host of this podcast. Engaged Family Gaming is supported on Patreon. So, if you like what we do and have a dollar to spare, head on over to patreon.com slash engagedfamilygaming and pledge. Every dollar helps. Dude. 2019 was a year where video games came out. There are a lot of video games. I mean, oh, so many video games. But the good news is we had the advantage of playing a bunch of really good ones. We really did. And I know people talk about next year is going to be absolutely bonkers, which of course it is. We have new consoles. We have Cyberpunk and... A random Dragon Ball Z RPG that's coming out in like two weeks that confuses me. Do you know what I'm talking about? You don't know about no. Dragon Ball. Thank you, son. I got it. You don't know about Dragon Ball Kakarot? I do not know about Dragon Ball Kakarot. <laughs> Yo, check it out. Would Would you believe me if I told you that someone is releasing a cell shaded action RPG that follows the story of Dragon Ball Z? And it comes out yeah. in two weeks. Um, you just go to Polygon. They got previews. I got previews, mad previews. Um, I kind of want to play it, but I don't want to play full price. Um, so we're going to deal with that. But so next, this year is nuts. Last year, as it was happening, people were like, yeah, this year is kind of slow. There's nothing that's really crazy. There's no God of War. There's no Spider-Man. There's no Overwatch. There's no Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. But then when I was thinking back on the games that I played in 2019, you know what? It was a pretty good year. It wasn't like... There was a lot of really good games. I know that there weren't any culturally overwhelming God of War, Breath of the Wild... Oh, I hesitate to say Breath of the Wild, but I love you, so I will say it anyway. Breath of the Wild kind of games. I know you don't... Um, wait, you don't like that one, did you? No. Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah. I mean, nobody's perfect. Um... That was There's the, no accounting you, for taste, though. You have one... You're allowed one flaw. We haven't found one... I'll keep one, that in mind. <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't found one yet. We just found it. So you're allowed one. Um, so <laughs> the... Um, so it, you're right. There ha, there wasn't one, like, crazy... The, I don't think any games this year are going to end up on the best games of all time list. Right? Probably not. Probably not. Maybe in retrospect. Um, but... There were a lot of really well, better than good, very great games. Um, yes. And a lot of that was illustrated because what I did, this was our methodology. I went into the EFG staff group, which I have, um, and I also talked to Amanda. Um, and because for whatever reason, I haven't added you to that group yet. Um, I, I'll do it when we're done. Um, but I asked the group, <laughs> and that's our moderators. That's you know, the infinite co-host that is John, our, the man behind the curtain, 
um, and a few other people who really just kind of help fill out those discussions. <laughs> um, because, you know, you can't really have a list without, like, participants and stuff. Um, and Linda's in it, obviously. And, um, and I also asked our kids. You know, my kids, Linda's kids, and we got, and I, everybody, I told everybody, give me three. Amanda gave me oh, five. I gave you five, my it's bad. It's fine. It turns out to have helped because you broke some ties, so it appreciated it. And what I did is I just went through and made a spreadsheet because I make everything into a spreadsheet. And if a game was mentioned more than once, um, I just added a plus one next to it. And then I rank, that's how I just ranked them. And it turns out um, we have a top five list of games that uh, were well-loved by the bulk of the staff. And here's what I thought we would do. I would go down those five games, and then we'll talk about some of the ones that we loved that were not on that list. Okay. You ha- um, because you have a few by nature of the fact that you picked five, and we're going to talk about them. Okay. Um, and, it, it, and I'm not mad at you because I didn't tell you to only pick three. Um, I, mean, I just said have. give me your picks. No, I don't think I, – I can't remember. Um, okay, so – here we go. In no particular order, largely because um, a bunch of them are tied. Let's just roll right through them. And some of these are your picks. So, um, one that if you had told me it was going to be on this list at the end of the year, I would have told you it was absolutely nuts. It's Fire Emblem Three Houses. Fire Emblem is such a dorky video game. I mean that with love, and you know it. <laughs> you know I dress up like an no elf on the weekends. You mean no one can see me make these ridiculous she faces? Made, she made like she did like the meme of like the little girl from Blackish being like, <gasps> you know, um, she told you totally I did that meme. The heart. You definitely did do that meme. Um, and so, Fire Emblem is such a dorky game. It is a tactical strategy RPG. It yeah, is, it is super anime, and yeah, they is. added like uh, they added a segment to this one. And historically, it was just grid-based tactical combat, yeah, and Smash Brothers characters. Like that's what it was before, right? And now, sure. and by Smash Brothers characters, I mean just go look at the, the 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 fighting list for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Like a good quarter of it, feel, it feels like is is Fire Emblem characters. Right. Um, and so. That, that was what it always was. And this time they added a whole lot of very Persona-like relationship systems and um, a whole segment about training up students in a school. So it was like Harry Potter meets, um, you know, like a military academy in a fantasy world. Very cool, very stylish. I have not played this game. Extremely my nonsense. So that's the setup. Now that I've been super reductive, um, Amanda, tell me why this game should be on our game of the year list. I mean, it is, but like, just explain it. Just explain why it is? Okay. So, you know, strategy RPGs are really tough. And they're a tough sell because they are kind of dorky, right? I mean, I love SRPGs. I love them. I love Disgaea. I love Final Fantasy Tactics. I love those kind of games. They always, I don't know, they just scratch that itch, man. I am just a big tactics gal. But the reason why Fire Emblem Three Houses is such an amazing game is because it does take all of these disparate elements of what make up some of the most popular games in Japan. You know, we're looking at the Persona series and we're looking at Fire Emblem because Fire Emblem is very popular out in Japan. 
Yes. And we're looking at um, some of these other elements, like these visual novel elements, pulling them together and like the relationship simulators and pulling all of this together into this crazy bonkers game. And it works. Dude, this game shouldn't shouldn't work. work. It shouldn't. It shouldn't work at all. But the narrative is so fascinating and the way that they structure, and I don't want to go into any spoilers or anything, but the way that they structure the narrative is exceptional. Like it's really, really good storytelling. And Fire Emblem has always, well, for the most part, has usually had good stories. They've had excellent characters, but they've had good stories. This has excellent characters and excellent, an excellent narrative, no matter which house you play. So this game is absolutely worthy of a Game of the Year nomination slash spot in our top games of 2019. It is just, it shouldn't work. This game should be terrible, and it's amazing. Um, yeah, for those interested, it is rated T. It is exclusive Tis. to the Nintendo Switch. It earns its T rating primarily by nature of the fact that they are human-like characters fighting other human-like characters with swords yeah. and bows and great axes, etc. And, oh, yeah. and some of the and spells and some of the themes as far as like the characters and their interactions, etc. Just get a little heavy, but nothing crazy. That's why it's no. T. So it wears yeah. its, it, it earns it's, its T rating. Persona. It's, it's not, not persona. persona by any stretch of the imagination. No. Like we're not dealing with you know, overt, mature themes, even among the teenagers. Because remember, Persona games are still, even you're still dealing with teens. Yep. But you're dealing with teens in, like, darker situations with murder and, and stuff like that. It's really, like, it's it's rough. Yeah. Um, but even though you're dealing with some heavy themes with Fire Emblem, it's not nearly as bad. And it's handled, for the most part, quite well. I think... A good comparison would be, you know, just from... And and I have watched some spoilers and some videos. Not a lot of them, because I do intend to play this game in 2020. Um, But the... um, I'm just waiting for a good digital sale. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Um, Is if you were cool with your kids watching the later Harry Potter movies, this is going to be pretty similar, right? Like, Harry Potter starts as, like, cool kid, and it's a Christmas movie... And eventually, he's dealing with, like, relationship problems and apocalypse problems and all sorts of other stuff. This is very similar. A lot of internal conflict, Mm -hmm. you know, starting in the fourth book. Yeah, exactly. And this is in that neighborhood. Um, It's certainly not one-to-one, but you just kind of look at it there. Um, So that is Fire Emblem Three Houses. And again, if you had told me, if if you read this list to me, like, if you went back in time, and we're like, hey, Steve, check out this list. This is going to be your game of the year. This is the one, truthfully, that I would have been like, dude, you crazy. You crazy. I wasn't crazy, though, because I definitely, when I heard about this coming out, I was so excited. I was like, this is going to well, be I, my I knew it was going to be here. good. I just didn't know it was going to be this good. And a lot, and it has definitely captured the attention of a lot of the EFG staff. Um, I know that it's that it's certainly my nonsense, so I'm excited too. It's extremely um, up your alley. Yeah, it de- it definitely it strikes me as that. I'm just gonna fair warning everybody. I'm gonna play it, but I'm gonna play it on easy mode. Um, next. Why wouldn't you? Um, I'm, because some people judge me for that. Um, I don't know anybody. No, none of my audience does because they understand I'm terrible at video games. Um, so they want me to actually finish games, hence why I play on easy. Next, let's talk about Kingdom Hearts three. 
Yo! So, alright guys, Kingdom Hearts 3 came out kind of to a whimper to the general gaming audience, right? Um, there were a lot of people who were waiting for this game and have been waiting for this game for a bajillion years and that came with a lot of baggage and a lot of expectations. Uh, there, I listened to a podcast with a huge Kingdom Hearts fan who um, is who she had a lot of things to say and a lot of them were just guttural like screams and grunts um, because she was so frustrated by it. No, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about Alexa Ray Korea. Um, oh, yeah, no, Alexa is like the she, Well, the she gal. literally wrote the book on Kingdom Hearts yeah. 2. Um, and she just literally grunted and screamed and talked about backflipping off the earth a bunch of times. It was it was entertaining, but... Yeah, that tracks. Um, that sounds like Alexa. Yeah, so she... And, and I think the general Kingdom Hearts population, like longtime fans, all felt kind of the same way. They just don't articulate it the same way, right? Um, Even I, as a long-term Kingdom Hearts fan, found a lot to be disappointed by, but I also found a lot to love. Exactly, right? Like, man, this game was just, like, for me... It tried so hard. And did it get so far? No, we're not going to do this. We're not going to do it. Are we? Are, are you sure? Because we can not. do it. We're not. Okay. I can't. But, man, listen, at the end of the day, uh, like, it had, like, Buzz and Woody in it, and I got to play through the plot of Frozen with with like swords made out of keys. Like this yeah. is for me. I also felt some of those frustrations, but I just didn't care. I know, right? Because, because it was just the nonsense you wanted. Yes, it's just you didn't get the substance you wanted. You got the nonsense you wanted. I got the nonsense I needed. Yeah, there you go. And I think that's the, the thing about Kingdom Hearts and why I firmly believe that this game deserves a place in the Engage Family Gaming um, Games of the Year. Um, number one, we cheat a little bit because we cut half all the really, really good, like a lot of the really, really good games. We kind of skip. Like we don't talk about Control or Death Stranding or any of that. So that we give some games a big opportunity to shine, right? We do. And Kingdom Hearts 3 is, I think, one of those games that would have gotten Agreed. bumped off for other lists because they oh. have to make room. Absolutely, because you got to make room for control and the outer world exactly. and the outer wilds, for crying out loud. Exactly. Whereas we don't have to, do, we don't have to give them room for nothing because they're M-rated. Nope. And Kingdom Hearts 3 yeah. is just the... Because uh, 2019 was not a great year. Um, for a number of reasons. Um, it was great for me because I finally convinced Amanda to come on my podcast. But aside from that, <laughs> it had its challenges. It was a I tough needed, I needed to fight weird goop monsters with Elsa while also teaming up with Donald and Goofy and a random anime character. Like, I needed that in my life, and I got it. You know? So, um, Kingdom I can respect Hearts, that. And so here's the good news, folks. Kingdom Hearts 3... Is super cheap, <laughs> so if you have not played it, um, there that decay curve though. Golden weeks, golden week in Japan is coming up very soon. I think it's in a couple of weeks, and I am certain that you'll be able to get Kingdom Hearts three for a song, um, because spoilers, golden week in Japan is like Christmas here, and they have lots of online sales. So if it's a Japanese game, which whoa is Kingdom Hearts three Japanese, um, <laughs> it'll be it's on sale. It's extremely Japanese. And it'll be on sale. So that's Kingdom Hearts 3. Man, it is, it's better than people say it is. 
for all the right reasons. Um, it's better than people say it is, and it's still not awesome. But it's not awesome objectively. If we're looking at this purely from a subjective perspective, which is exactly what we're doing, we're not looking at this critically. We're looking at it as, did we love it? We loved it. We just loved it in spite of itself. Absolutely, and that's okay. Um, because, man, is Kingdom Hearts so stupid. But if you just ignore the, the stuff that's stupid and just play the game and just love the absurdity of it, man, there's, it's hard it's, to beat it, ever. It's so dumb, but um, it's, it's so, so great. worth it. So, speaking of games that are not dumb and that I have been saying was my game of the year for almost the entire year, can we talk very briefly about Tetris 99? Oh, yeah, we can absolutely talk about Tetris 99. That game stole you. Who in the world would have thought that a Tetris Battle Royale game would have been possible, let alone good, let alone great? It, it is great. It genuinely is. Um, it is. So this is what happens. I am certain that there are a bunch of people that rolled in played it twice, was like, you know what, I don't understand this, this isn't Tetris, bounced off of it, never played it again. Here's what I want all those people to do. You probably bought Nintendo online, Nintendo Switch Online, because it was $20, or you got it for free because you have Amazon Prime. Um, go watch one YouTube video, like how to play Tetris 99, where someone in the first few minutes will teach you the mechanics of where, how to direct your attention and how not to draw attention to yourself. Once you know those things, and then you can play Tetris, you are going to love this game so much. Because the reality is, you have to attack people, or you have to not attack people. And that makes a very big difference. And Because yep. if you just go in there just trying to play Tetris like you played it on your Game Boy, you will get smoked. But it's so... I learned that the hard way. Well, we all did. Everybody did. It, I mean, the first day when everyone was playing it like Tetris on their Game Boy, we all, you know, snuck in some wins, you know, did whatever because we were all playing solo. And then within a few days, people were like, oh, wait, attacking people matters. And then it changed. The whole metagame changed. But it's not hard to adapt to that, you know? No, it's not. It's so good. It's so good. And you know, I was lost to that game. You were. And I still I, am sometimes. We had to come in after you. I know, you guys almost had to have, like, you had to, like, stand near my fireplace with intervention above me, you know. It like, would have been. It almost got bad. It was, I mean, oh, man, it was so good, though. So Tetris 99, <laughs> again, it. one of our top five games of the year, no question. Um, look, you got to, you know, in order to get it, you do have to have Nintendo Switch Online. I'm going to tell you this much, $20 a year for just Tetris 99 is great. Um, and spoiler alert, you get access to the SNES and NES library, which includes some of the best video games ever made, as a bonus to Tetris 99. So, um, that's the third one that I brought up. Um, next, alright, so, alright, I'm just gonna grow with it. Yoshi's Crafted World came out this year. Did you know that? I did, I played it. I played a lot of it. Yoshi's Crafted World, um, not, here's what's interesting about this one. This is where the age split comes up. Yoshi's Crafted World didn't really blip much with the older folks. But you know who really loved the heck out of this game? Kiddos! The kids. Because yeah, they loved that game. It is, and it was, kid after kid was like, yeah, Yoshi, man, that was cool. And, uh, mechanically speaking, it was not, you know, new, right? Like, it didn't do anything super innovative. 
It yeah. was just super adorable. It was a Yoshi game. Very it was accessible. You want out of a Yoshi game? Exactly. Um, super accessible, super adorable, and man, it just pulled those kids right in. And you could dress really them up in nice. a milk carton. I know, right? I dressed mine up in a whale. It was a cardboard whale. I that loved actually it. Sounds pretty awesome. It's um, great. This is one of those I games. Beat that game. I loved it. It's it's great. It's great. This is so Yoshi's Crafted World. Again, if you're looking for like Dark Souls challenge, go elsewhere. This is meant to be a game that you hand that you either love just because you want to play something silly, or you hand it to a six year old and this is their first game. You know, there's not it's not very often that you stumble across games that you feel comfortable saying, yeah, you know what, your six year old is going to be able to rock this. There are plenty of games where like they'll they'll enjoy it, right? Oh, like, yeah, I, for sure. You know, they're gonna enjoy a Super Mario, a two D Mario game. They'll probably enjoy. Yeah. it. Am I gonna? Am I confident they're gonna finish that game to completion? No, right. Um, same thing with Breath of the Wild, right? Like, are they gonna finish that game? Maybe, but probably not. Um, but in that case, finishing the game isn't really all of the fun, right? So like, the, um. Yoshi's Crafted World, I feel super comfortable. Right? What? I said I'll have to take your word for it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Listen, you have one flaw. <laughs> I have many flaws. That's just one of them. <laughs> well, it's the only one that I've noticed. Um, and I'll let it go. Okay. Just, the, just this once. Just um, one time. Okay. okay I'll, have the, I'll take this one. Take so, the L. All right. Yeah. So w- w- this is the last one. And then we'll talk about some of our individual picks that didn't make it here. Um, and this is was kind of destined to be on this list. I mean, you you don't know. I have it written down in front of me, but th- it, it was destined to be here from the moment it was announced. Um, and that's Pokemon Sword and Shield. Um, listen again. This is another one. That I played was... a lot of Pokemon Sword and Shield, or yeah. a lot of po- Pokemon Shield rather. So yeah. I did love this game. It just wasn't like my game of the year. Uh, it, and it makes total sense. It makes total sense. This is the this is another one that was. I was going through this list with the general, right? Um, you know, going through the preliminary list before I had your votes, and I went through it, and all of my children were like, "So, like, you know, how Where's many, how many votes Pokemon got? It was on there. Like, how many votes Pokemon got? And you're gonna make that the game of the year, right? Like, that's gonna get the the banner because that's the big deal there's always one it's like that one gets the banner image right and i'm like probably because they were because every kid was like no it's got to be pokemon now it was not without its controversy there's some people that are displeased with it um listen we talked about that we yelled about pokemon weeks ago go back and listen to that yeah exactly um here's the good news um the good and it it might all be different there's a pokemon direct tomorrow morning so who knows what it's gonna be that's true um who knows so this could be so who knows here's the real deal um from the perspective of engaged family gaming which is about gaming with your children um our kids were not overthinking the animation on squirtle or whatever's attacks like they don't care um, they literally just want stupid Pokemon and Grookey playing drums. And by the way, Grookey playing drums is pretty awesome. Um, and they just want shenanigans in the Pokemon world. Um, as much as I don't like Hop, I do not like my rival in this game. I didn't like Hop. Not my boy. Not not a great rival. Um, not my favorite. But I irrationally love the Ice Gym leader. Did you play? Did you play Shield? 
You played yeah. Shield, yes? The I played ice, Shield. The Ice Gym leader? Did you know that yeah. she's a mom? What? Really? Like, her character history is that she's the mom of the guy who is the gym leader in in that same place in S.W.O.R.D. What? I think. She's somebody's mom, so she's just... That's pretty mom cool. Mom lady, and she has awesome hair. That's very true, yes. Um, her hair is enviable. Um, it's and she wears and she wears leggings in sports shorts. Like I was like, she's ready to go play roller derby. We have roller derby on the brain because Maggie oh, roller derby on Sunday. I know. Um, but she looks like she's ready to play roller derby, which I think it would be cheating if she had ice powers because um, she made people fall over the place. Anyway, so those are our five. Um, I'll arbitrarily decide a ranking later. But for a recap, it's Fire Emblem Three Houses, Kingdom Hearts Three. Yoshi's Crafted World, Tetris 99, and Pokemon Sword and Shield. Beautiful. That's a pretty good list. That's a really good list. I'm pretty happy about this. Now, there were a bunch of games that were suggested that didn't quite make the list because only one or two of us suggested them. Um, Amanda, I would love to hear your... Because um, I'd just love to hear you talk about this game is Greece. Oh, Greece? Oh, my goodness. Greece is such a wonderful is it game. Is Greece or Greece? How, how the heck are you supposed to say it's- it? It's Spanish, so it's Greece. Okay. So if it were French, it would be Gris. Okay. Uh, but it's Greece. It's so Spanish. All right, cool. I'm down. I adored this game. This game, I, I went and I previewed it last... Was it last summer? Oh, my goodness. How long ago was that? I think that was the summer of 2018 I ended up previewing this game. And I was I super so. excited about it. Yeah, so I ended up going into New York for that. We went to an, we went to an art gallery. And I ended up interviewing um, Roger Mendoza, who was one of the studio leads. And he came from Ubisoft. So, ton of AAA experience, worked on Assassin's Creed, really lovely human being. And the way that he talked about the game was that it was such an emotional journey right from the beginning, is that that's the kind of game they wanted to make because that's the kind of game that they wanted to play. Okay. So when I finally sat down and I played Greece. It reminds me a lot of Journey in the sense that it has that same, it has that similar evocative nature of, oh, this is so heart-wrenching. They're not saying anything. Like, nothing is being said out loud, but I feel so deeply for this character. I feel so deeply for her plight. And, you know, you just want to, like, swoop in and save her. But really, she just ends up saving herself because, of course, she does. But she becomes stronger and wiser, and even though she breaks her own heart over and over and over again, like this is a this is a story that's about sorrow and grief and creativity, and it's just, and all of it's inferred. It really is, because like you could play the game tomorrow and get a completely different perspective of what you believe Greece is about. I believe it's about a creative journey. And about the the sorrow and heartbreak of like losing your voice and what that feels like to lose how you express yourself and having to find yourself again and having your heart broken over and over again by creating. Um, but you may get something completely different out of it. But it was the most stunning game I've ever played. And I've played some pretty stunning games in my life, including Disco Elysium, which is stunning in a very different way. That's stunning in like a grotesque way. Yeah, Disco Elysium, little 
That's a little. That, that, that's one I think I'm going to end up playing when it's on sale on you Steam have to. at some point. It's so um, good. Um, but I digress. Grease is definitely the kind of game where if you want that that heart wrenching experience where you just want to be pulled away into a beautiful game, you know, it's it's on Steam, it's on and it's on Switch. So you can uh, you can pick it up. It's relatively inexpensive too. I think it's under twenty dollars. It definitely is. Um, I have played Greece also. I did. I, I struggled to connect with it the same way you did. However, um, I think that. But you also struggled with Sayonara Wild Hearts. I did. So all right. Um, I so yeah. I think you and I connect with different games sometimes. We do. That's totally fine. Uh, and that's, that's okay. That's what makes the world exactly. That's what makes the world go around. I will say this much: um, the platform, the puzzle platforming in that game, um, just from a purely mechanical standpoint, was great. It's I didn't connect with it, like, uh, but honestly, and this is going to sound really crazy, um, I didn't really connect emotionally with Journey either. Um, and wait, hold on. I just want to put a pin in this. <laughs> um, and point out that Journey still was my game of the year that year. It just didn't strike me. I, I am, and this, and this, I think it's just because I'm just thick-headed. Um, it's hard for me to, I have always struggled with poetry and art. Like, if it's not, like, right on my face, you know, I'm a, I'm a pulpy story kind of guy, which is why That's I like Final Fantasy X as opposed to more cerebral stuff. You know, like, I like Final Fantasy X more than Planescape Torment. How about that? Right? I so love you, but you're smarter than me. We've been over. No, this. that's um, not, nothing to do with it. It's um, not about intelligence. It's about emotional, emotional intelligence. Um, no, listen, I get it, and, and I'm not trying. And I, again, I know you don't like it when I self-deprecate, but nope. the um, it's like your it's your goal is for me to not self-deprecate and i totally it's true. i've had to i have had to completely put the kibosh on it around my own home so i get it i get it it's your family now so that's how this goes i get it um it's gonna be a hard habit to break but it's but the mechanics of journey were still really cool for me and i really enjoyed yeah. the experience that i had i just didn't really quote unquote get it it's the same thing with greece um, I think this I is a game. I feel like in order for you to get these games, you have to play them with me in your ear. I think maybe I do. Um, and then and I can just explain to you, what like I'm the artistic, or the, yeah, like the artistic significance of this particular narrative beat. That makes sense, and maybe we'll do that. That sounds like a, that sounds like idea. that sounds like that's something streaming for time. That sounds like something for YouTube. All right, so that's Greece. Um, yeah. And it's going to be on all the platforms eventually. Everywhere. I mean, it's oh. going to be everywhere um, by the end of yeah. 2020. It's uh, awesome. I ended up getting a hard copy of it from Super Rare Games. Sure. Um, no, that sounds about right. Yeah, that tracks. You would do that. Um, mm -hmm. It is uh, this feel. You know what this feels like? This feels like if you are an Xbox Game Pass subscriber, this feels like a game that's just going to hit Game Pass at some point next year. Yeah, it could because, very well. I mean, largely because just about everything does. But this would be one of those. Hey, check it out! Like, we're here's 15 more games that we're adding, and Greece being one of them. Like, it really would not surprise me if it was one of those. Yeah. Um. Okay. I mean, but even if it doesn't, it's a relatively yeah, inexpensive exactly. game, and it's... you should definitely like if you if you are into those kinds of art those kinds of games that are very art house, um, and they are they're a little more cerebral and very feely. Yeah. They are they're deep in the feels. Yeah. That you have to infer, 
you know, yeah. definitely go and check it out. And even if you don't play the whole game, go watch a Let's Play. Yeah. Maybe we'll just make one so that you can I, do that. I love it. Maybe I that's what I should do. Yeah, maybe we should. Um, great. Okay, there you go. Homework for Amanda. Okay, um, I want to talk about a game that I picked that um, just didn't make the cut for anybody else, but it was so my jam. Like, oh my god, so oh, I my totally jam. I totally know what this is. It's SteamWorld Quest. That's so, totally SteamWorld Quest. <laughs> SteamWorld Quest is stevedutzman.exe. Like, all right, so it is a stupid role-playing game full of puns and steam-powered robots and all of the combat is card-driven? What? Okay. Extremely your nonsense. This is, oh my god, it was so my nonsense. I chewed through this game so quickly. I um, bet. I hope that they make another one. Um, I'm due for another playthrough. Um, and maybe I'll play this one with you, and you can play Grease with me, and I'll explain to you why it's my nonsense. Um, Alright. So, Steam World Quest. So, the Steam World universe is image and form they make steam world dig they made steam world heist which steam world heist super underrated um made steam world dig 2 and now steam world quest it is basically every time they make a game they make it different so first they did um kind of roguelike adventure platformers um steam world heist was a turn-based strategy game um and this is a literal just role-playing game and the combat is done by cards. So you have a three-character party, and each character gets to have a hand of cards. I believe that they are five cards each, but I might be wrong on the straight details. But it's a small hand. And then you shuffle them all together, and you're drawing cards from those things. And every card you put in your deck has, a very, has to have a very specific use. And I found okay. myself sitting in menus like counting cards and doing math about like all right this is my percentage chance of drawing this card if i draw six cards at a time like it was it was amazing and when you build when you like switch a character out and rebuild your deck and it works perfectly it is such a feeling of power like you understand the rules and laws of the universe and i felt like such a superhero and then i would be like oh but it's it could well, go ahead you should play Slay the Spire. I've played Slay the Spire. Imagine, okay, imagine Slay the Spire, only it's got stupid robot jokes. I mean, I'm, I like this idea. Yeah, this does sound stupid robot jokes. hilarious. So, um, it's stupid robot jokes. It's, um, the whole idea is that you're trying to go find the hand of Gilgamesh. Which in and of itself is a robot pun, and it's so good, and everything is dumb. Um, this is it's so this good, and everything's dumb. I for this. this desperately is wanted to get this game onto our top five. I did, um, but I chose not to abuse my editorial power. I'm really um, proud of you. You should be because I definitely. Oh, well, I bet. Um, I definitely would have been like. I don't even know what I would have kicked off. I, I, I would have been if, – if it weren't for you influencing me to be a responsible video game blogger, um, I would have, like, booted Pokemon for this. Like, this is one of those things, like, if you have to choose – like, this is one of those things where, like, the meme where it's like, who do you choose, Baby Groot or Baby Yoda? 
and the guy's like, I would use Baby Groot as kindling to keep Baby Yoda warm. Like that's the meme that I saw, which is dark. That's dark. Like this is this is this is how much I love this game. It, okay. there, it is my personal me as Steven Dutzman, my personal game of the year is Steam World Quest. No question. Um and um but it didn't make the list for the team. Uh, because we are a family, we're a unit, and I didn't want to abuse that power. Um one last game that you mentioned that I honestly didn't even know it existed. Um so tell me about this Age of Wonders game that came out this year. Oh my god. <laughs> I wish I could talk forever about Age of Wonders Planetfall. Okay, so... I mean, you're the one with the schedule right now, so... I mean... <laughs> so tell me I'm about gonna, Age of Wonders. I'm going to talk forever about it. I'll talk for a couple of minutes, because this is another game where I just... I, I just... I love strategy games so much. And this is kind of this amazing amalgamation of a 4X game, so something like Civilization, meets a real-time strategy game like StarCraft, and it just kind of meshes them together with an amazing story. And it's goofy and weird because it's an, it's an Age of Wonders game. Age of Wonders yep. games are goofy and weird. And I love it because they have such a great sense of humor. And they, like, the, the, these folks have been, like, their, their company was acquired by, um, shoot, why am I having problems? Uh, Paradox. So yep. Paradox is very much so known for publishing, you know, ace level, like S tier strategy games. Well, Age of Wonders definitely scratches that itch for, you, for me because it's like everything's in space. It's bonkers. It's weird. The combat is dope because you go from, you go from like the top level map of where you're kind of wandering around. And you're like, oh, I'm going to go over here. I'm going to check this thing out. I'm going to build my base a little bit. I'm going to do this. I'm going to kind of try to like make some diplomatic friends over here. Sure. And then, oh my God, I have to go fight these guys. But it's an actual tactical squad based battle that you go into. And the squad based battle system is really tight. Like it just makes so much sense. It feels like you're playing XCOM, which is phenomenal. I mean, I cannot give this game enough credit for how well it executed on its own concept. So. If you love really weird strategy games that are equal parts punishing and engaging, and this one is also really funny, definitely go play Age of Wonders Planetfall. You can pick it up on Steam right now. Again, relatively inexpensive, really great game. Yeah, super, you sold super, me. Super. You sold me. This uh, sounds like a Steve game. Oh, this is a hundred percent a Steve game. It is complicated though, so I mean, getting into it, you gotta you gotta have some patience. You're gonna have to restart a couple times, but it's great. It feels like I don't know, man. Like I've been I've been really missing that kind of four X meets real time strategy, you know, tactical kind of battle system nonsense. Like those are those are my games. I love those games. So, so Age of Wonders was just yeah. Planetfall was just awesome. Sounds great. Uh, for for those uh, listening, um, I did say I just want to just clarify this interchange. I said that this sounds like a Steve game, and Amanda said yes, but it's it's hard. So it's really I just hard. I just want I just want to point out that Amanda said uh, she implied that I'm bad at video games, um, and that doesn't hurt actually because I say it all the time, and it's true. Um, also, I ha I am a serial strategy game restarter. I play the first... You know what game I have restarted the most? You won't believe it. 
Tell me. Um, Stardew Valley. Really? I have played the first three days of Stardew Valley probably 200 times. Oh my goodness. Um, That's because I always feel like I did it wrong. Even though, really, you can't screw up the first three days of Stardew Valley that much. Eh, that's true. It's, but I still restart it over and over and over again. So I'm like, I gotta do it. I know. Um, I hear pardon, you. I'm usually the same way. Yeah, pardon the noise in the background. Kids just got home from Boy Scouts. So I think we got a pretty good list. So here are th- here's what we've got. Um, I have one more honorable mention. And then I think we'll be I think we'll be done. That honorable mention um, is uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. I forgot that was a T-rated game. It is in fact T-rated, um, and it wears. I haven't played it yet, so. So, um, nor have I. However, I did ask for uh, John, who is my best friend, part of the EFG E3 team, who has finished it. Um, I actually was at his house while he finished it, so I got, like, hella spoils. Um, yeah, Evan is showing me the uh, Star Wars box, because he just loaned it to me. We installed it. I just haven't played it yet. Um, so, uh, I got, like, crazy... Oh, yeah. I mean, so, here's the thing, guys. Uh, it's a it's a canonical Star Wars story. Yeah. Um, so, if you are someone that's, like, even... It, how about it's good it is good because I've watched it played I haven't put my hands on the sticks but I know that this is going to be my jam um, and uh, it was well loved by a few members of the staff not enough to get itself onto the list but it certainly needs to be mentioned um, this is a canonical Star Wars story about um, a, a freaking force user who fights with lightsabers. Guys, listen, you get to control a dude that gets to run along walls and fights aliens with a lightsaber. I rest my case. Um, so that game finds its way it's on a, here. It's a T-rated Soulsy game. And it is T-rated, and that is that is a, a piece that I kind of forgot, so thanks for reminding me. This is a game that's designed with Dark Souls and um, you know that, that whole genre in mind. Is it exactly the same? No, of course not. However... The combat is designed to be fair but challenging, really encouraging you to think about every move you make, um, as a Jedi would, I would like to think. Um, Not that I have a huge amount of experience. And it's rated T for teen. We've been talking, uh, the Infinite co-host and I have been talking about trying to write something up for the website where we talk about and identify family-friendly Souls games. And um, That's fascinating. Because he has a theory that they are out, that there are more of them than we think, and now it's like, well, I guess we can just write about Star Wars. We'll probably write about the other ones. He has a, a pretty big theory. I'll talk to you about it when uh, we're not in a podcast, because um, I actually agree with a lot of what he has to say. Um, so, folks, this has been episode two hundred and five of the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast, Amanda. Thank you for helping me reveal our games of the year for 2019. It was absolutely my pleasure. What a lot of fun. It was fun. Um, how crazy is it that, man, so how, before I even get into 2020, that's a tease for the next video game podcast. Um, so um, next week, we're going to be back. We're going to talk about board games specifically. Guess what we're going to do? We're going to talk about our board games of the year for 2019. 
Big shocker. We're looking back, and then we're going to look forward. Um, so uh, we hope that you will uh, join Amanda and I, and very likely Linda, being that she's our board game editor, um, uh, for a wild ride into remembering the year that was in board games. Um, while you and I get ready to look forward to the video games of this year, well, let's be yeah. honest, our next video game podcast is going to be insane because we're going to talk about new consoles. Because yeah. this year we have a new generation of consoles coming. I already told you about it. <laughs> an action RPG that retells the story of Dragon Ball Z. Okay, I literally can't with this. That's happening. Like, that's insane. Did you know that that comes out in like January 17th? What? No. Really? It, legit. That's it comes nine out days like, away. Yes. Less than two weeks, Dragon Ball Kakarot. Um, we might have a Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild sequel, which means more to me than to you, obviously, because you have no taste. Um, I will absolutely... Do not make me come through this computer. <laughs> I will go jersey on your booty. Dude, I totally almost made her go full jersey on me. That's the only reason you That's didn't... impressive, considering I'm Canadian. It's true. It's true. Well, going, going like full Jay-Z Canadian is like stomping my head into the ground but saying sorry the whole time and then offering me <laughs> but then offering me poutine and coffee afterwards um, sure i'll get you at timmy's yeah exactly so um how are you so, talking about the games coming this year without talking about animal crossing on march 23rd oh uh, yeah how are we going to talk about exactly how are we going to talk well, about we, games we need coming to just next yell about animal crossing. crossing for a full hour it's fine yeah um and who knows what's going to happen because tomorrow literally tomorrow oh yeah there's a direct there's a tomorrow direct and it's not this is the important thing. Is it's not a press con. It's not a video being posted by the Pokemon company. It is a Pokemon Direct, which means yep. a lot of people are thinking Pokemon Home, Pokemon Sleep. Those are Pokemon company things, not Nintendo things. So this is gonna be weird tomorrow. It's be Pokemon Snap. Hold it. Oh, you want to? Pre- are, are we doing predictions? I'm really no, bad at we're not doing predictions. We didn't prep predictions. Wouldn't, pre- <laughs> wouldn't Pokemon Snap be so cool though on the Switch? Oh my God, wouldn't it? Um, I. It could be anything, or on your phone. It'd be it'd be pretty cool. Anyway, folks, um, before a man and I just melt down into talking about Pokemon possibilities, um, <laughs> we need to go. We're gonna go. Everyone, have a wonderful night. I will talk to you soon. And until next time, don't forget to get your family game on. To get your family game on. Thanks, Jake. You're Bye, everybody. Bye. Music for the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast is Android Sock Hop by Kevin McLeod, an audio production by Six Pack Nerds Productions.